Hey, everyone. So how did you do? How many did you get? To, to help you figure that out, let me just remind you very quickly of the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make false images of God. You shall not take the name of God in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against others. You shall not covet. So uh, how'd you do? How many did you get? I'll let, I'll let you talk about that as a family or however uh, you're watching this. I'll let you kind of converse about that later. Now, as we've already mentioned, even if you're not that familiar with Christianity or the Bible, most likely you have some familiarity with the Ten Commandments, simply because this this is a very famous set of laws and rules in, in all of human history. So as we begin this series, since most of us have some familiarity with the Ten Commandments, I want to ask you this question. How do you view the Ten Commandments? How, I mean, how do you view the Ten Commandments. How would, how would you answer that question? I mean, if you talk to enough people, you'll get a variety of responses all over the spectrum. But let's start with you. I mean, if, just kind of think out in your own head, you know, so how, how exactly do you view the Ten Commandments? And as I said, a lot of people have different answers to that question. But as we begin looking at these famous laws, uh, can I can I suggest a couple of unhelpful approaches that we need to avoid? So right as we start off in, in talking about the Ten Commandments, let me mention two unhelpful approaches. Uh, the first is what you might think of as the, the rule-keeping approach. And here's what I mean by that. That is, we look at the Ten Commandments, and, and, and all we think about, it's, it's all about keeping the rules. That is, it's all about avoiding certain kinds of behavior, like, you know, don't kill, don't lie, don't steal. And, and if, you, if you keep those rules and if you avoid those things that are listed, um, you're going to lead a pretty good life. And hopefully at the end of your life, the good stuff will outweigh the bad stuff. Now, for some, that's, that's how you look at the Ten Commandments. And maybe more generally, that's kind of how you look at Christianity. It's, it's, just, it's just people trying to keep the rules. And, and I realize while that may be a, a common perception, um, there are a couple of reasons why this really is an, an unhelpful approach. And let me just kind of walk you through a couple of reasons. First, I think this is unhelpful because it misunderstands the context. If all you see are just a, an isolated set of rules, I think you miss the fact that these laws were actually given in the context of God's grace. They were given in the context of God's relationship with Israel. We'll talk more about that in the series. And they were given in the context of his grace that was being exercised towards them. He's initiating grace and in bringing them into relationship. So if all you see are rules, you're going to misunderstand the context. Furthermore, I think if all we see with the Ten Commandments are rules, there, there's a danger that we might become religious hypocrites. For instance, it, you know, it, it, it may be the case that I'm, I'm a pretty angry person, but you know what? I've never murdered anybody. I've never broken the rules, so I feel like I'm pretty proud of myself. I've kept the Ten Commandments, and yet the truth is I'm a jerk, and a lot of people know I'm a jerk. Well, unfortunately for some, if, if all you see are rules, then you're in danger of just becoming a religious hypocrite. And another reason I think this, this approach uh, can become uh, difficult and unhelpful is it over time this this approach can be crushing because for some we look at the commandments and we feel the weight of falling short 
We feel the weight of past mistakes, things we can't undo. And it, it just, these become a heavy weight on us. So one un- unhelpful approach is just thinking about the Ten Commandments in terms of rule keeping. That's kind of on one end of the spectrum. Another uh, unhelpful approach, maybe at the other end of the spectrum, is kind of the approach I call self-discovery. And, and here's what I mean by that. Maybe that this approach is, you know what? I look at the I look at the Ten Commandments and I say, well, yeah, you know, there's some good stuff here, and there's some helpful stuff here, but it's but it's really outdated. Because life isn't about following external rules. Life isn't about other people telling us what to do. Life's about looking within and being true to yourself. Life, right? Life is a journey of self-discovery. And if you let other people tell you what to do, that can be oppressive. So you just need to be true to yourself. You need to figure out who you are and follow that path. You need to define life on your own terms as long as you're not hurting other people. But is that really the way life works? I mean, what happens when your approach to life contradicts someone else's? Who gets to decide the best way forward? So as I said, as we're coming to the Ten Commandments, here, here's kind of a spectrum from, from that, that one end where you say, well, it's just about keeping the rules and everybody needs to keep the rules to the other end of the spectrum that says, well, you know, maybe there's some good here, but life really isn't about rule keeping. It's about self-discovery. And I'm not sure if you're on one of the ends of that spectrum or if you're somewhere in between. But wherever you're at in thinking about the Ten Commandments, what I'm inviting you today is just join me in this exploration to look at these ancient texts anew and, and be open to the fact that they really have something to say to us today. And to see that, I think the helpful place to start is actually with the words of Jesus and how he approached the Old Testament law, how he thought about the Old Testament law, including the Ten Commandments. And so I just want to show you one statement from the teaching of Jesus, actually from the Sermon on the Mount. We read this in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus Jesus says this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now, what is Jesus saying here? Well, notice I've kind of highlighted two terms because I think both of these terms are important. Let's start with this, this idea of fulfill. Jesus says, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets, and that includes the Ten Commandments. So what does that mean? Now, at first glance, you, you might think it means, well, he's, he's come to keep them. And, and, you know, he's led a good life. He has obeyed the Ten Commandments. And all that is true. But the term Jesus uses here is, is much more powerful than that. Because it's actually, it's actually a term, particularly in Matthew's gospel, that is used to, to describe the fulfillment of prophecy. So Jesus is actually making a more radical claim than you might think upon first reading. Because here's the claim that Jesus is making with this term. Jesus is saying, you know what, all of this history, all of this background that we call the Old Testament, all of the law and the prophets, all of that points to me. All of that was anticipating who I am and what I'm doing. And all of that is incomplete without me. That's what Jesus is claiming, that all of, 
all of this is leading to him and all of this anticipates him, including the Ten Commandments. And I think ultimately he is therefore saying, and so now you can't read the law, you can't read the Ten Commandments in isolation. You now have to think of all of this in light of me. So Jesus says, I've come to fulfill the law and the prophets. And in saying that, he also says, I have not come to abolish them. Now, you might think since all of the law is fulfilled in Christ, uh, that we don't need to pay attention to it anymore. After all, you know, for those of us who are Christians, the New Testament is specific. If you are a Christian, you're not under the law. You're not under the old covenant. Our, Our relationship with God goes through Christ. It doesn't go through the law. Yet, I think Christ is showing us that while we're not under the law, it still has things to teach us. It still has ongoing relevance, and that includes the Ten Commandments. In fact, in the next section of Matthew 5, uh, Jesus looks at various statements from the law, including several of the Ten Commandments, and he really transposes them to a different key. He says, uh, in essence, here's how these ancient statements help you understand how to follow me. So here's what we have to come to grips with. As followers of Christ, we are not under the law. We are not under the Ten Commandments. Yet they still have something to teach us. They still have value to us. So how should we think of them? How should we look at them? And here's, here's, here's kind of a way that I have found helpful then to think about these ancient texts. Let's look at them as wisdom. Wisdom that can help us understand what it looks like to follow Christ. Wisdom that can help us understand what it looks like to live well. Um, maybe, maybe I can unpack this a little bit further for you. Um, and I'll do it this way. <laughs> I think for us, they are guidelines and guardrails. First of all, I think... These ancient texts, specifically the Ten Commandments, they're guidelines. They, they kind of guide us along the path. They help us now as followers of Christ understand what it looks like to live well. They, they give us guidance in what it looks like uh, to follow him and what that journey looks like. Um, furthermore, they're guardrails. They also show us potential dangers along the way that can trip us up if we get off the path. Maybe, maybe I can illustrate it this way. Uh, this summer, our family was traveling in Arizona. And while we were there, we spent a couple of days at the Grand Canyon. Now, this, this was so exciting for me because I, I, I'd never been to the Grand Canyon before. So this was our family's first trip to the Grand Canyon. Now, I realize some of you have been there. I realize some of you that have gone have even done... Uh, one of the trails that goes into the canyon, you know, you've gone into it and you've done some of that amazing stuff. I got to be honest with you, that's not for me. <laughs> I, I don't really always do well with heights, so I had no interest in doing some of those trails. But what was really helpful for me and life-giving for me was the trail along the South Rim, right? There's this trail along the South Rim. I think in total it, it covers about 13 miles of the south rim of the Grand Canyon. And I think we probably, you know, we did, uh, we were on this trail parts of two days. We probably did at least half of that trail. And because it goes right along the, the rim, all along the way, you get, you get these breathtaking views of the Grand Canyon, right? This was 
just one of the views we had uh, as we were walking along this amazing trail. And, and here's what was so encouraging to me. You, you didn't have to be an expert hiker. Uh, you didn't have to be an elite athlete. You didn't have to have a great sense of direction. And the truth is, I'm not an expert ha- hiker. I'm not an elite athlete, and I don't have a great sense of direction. All you had to do was to stick on the path, and the path was well marked out. It was clearly delineated. And if you simply followed the path all along the way, you got amazing views just like this. Furthermore, at some points along the trail, there were these lookouts that kind of even went out. Sometimes there were ledges that went out into the Grand Canyon, and you could take steps down, and you could look out from those lookout points. And particularly at these points, there were guardrails in place. And, uh, you know, so we came to places like this. And, and, and I want you to know, every time we came to a place like this, I didn't view these guardrails as restrictive. I actually viewed them as liberating because they gave me they gave me the freedom to enjoy these views, enjoy the canyon without ever endangering myself. They protected me so that I could enjoy the view. What if, what if for us the 10 commandments are like that trail? Right? You, you don't have to have life all together. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to feel, feel you're an elite Christian. But they, what they do is they help mark the path that we are to follow. And in marking the path at strategic points, they also put up guardrails, guardrails that can protect us from getting into dangerous territory. What if that's the way the Ten Commandments can actually function in our lives. Now, I realize at this point you may be saying, okay, George, that's interesting, but I've never really thought about the Ten Commandments that way. I've never, for instance, I've never really thought about them as a path. I've always really just focused on the fact that they tell us things to avoid, right? I mean, isn't it, isn't really the Ten Commandments just basically a list of things to avoid, things we're not supposed to do? Well, I, I get where you're coming from, and I think for a lot of us, that's kind of how we grew up with the Ten Commandments. And yet, I think if we are to truly engage them, particularly as followers of Christ, we, we need to understand not only what they prohibit, but also what they promote. That is, we, we need to understand not simply the negative dimension, but we also need to understand there's an underlying principle that is actually providing a path for us to follow. And I actually think you see this approach in Scripture. And and let me give you the clearest example. So this is Romans chapter 13, right? Apostle Paul, early follower of Christ. And notice how he thinks about several of the Ten Commandments. Notice what he says. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other commands there may be are summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Now, notice what he's doing, right? He's highlighting several of the Ten Commandments. But he is showing that these these commands aren't simply prohibitions. He is showing that these commands now for us as Christians are ultimately fulfilled in loving our neighbor. 
That's the ultimate direction of these commandments. It wasn't simply about avoiding certain behaviors. It was about engaging others in love. So he's focused not simply on what they prohibit, but also what they promote. I think he's, he's showing us that now as followers of Christ, the, the Ten Commandments can really be a guide that show us key steps along the path. They, they begin to really mark out a path for us of what it looks like to follow Jesus well. And that's, that's what we're going to do as we go through this series. We're going to take time just to go commandment by commandment and, and kind of see how this, the, each of these commandments gives us themes that kind of help us understand the journey of following Christ and how along the way they also put up guardrails to protect us from dangerous mis- missteps. So, I mean, let's come back to those Ten Commandments. and let me, let me just highlight some of the themes that I think we are going to see as we go through this series. So just hear some of the themes that we are going to see, right? We think about the first commandment, no other gods before me, right? The theme of God. And, and, and I think this theme is foundational to all that follows. This commandment is foundational to all that follows because it, it's inviting us to, to understand that on this path, we need to understand who God is and what he has done for us. And as we're going to see next week, all of these commands are ultimately rooted in God's grace. This path of following God, this guideline along the way is rooted in God's grace. We continue in the Ten Commandments, right? You shall have no, you shall make no uh, false images of God. And among other things, that shows us the theme of devotion, of, of learning to worship God the right way and not to get stuck in unhealthy conceptions of God. We get to the next commandment. You shall not take the name of, the God, of God in vain. And among other things, that shows us a theme of reverence for God. And, and as we're going to see when we get there, this command is really broader than you think because it's inviting us to understand that, you know, as followers of, of, of Christ now, we carry the name of God. We represent God and we are challenged and invited to do that well. That's part of this path that we are on. We continue and we get that statement, remember the Sabbath. We're introduced to this theme of Sabbath. And among other things, that shows us on this path that we are really designed to have certain rhythms in our life, including the rhythms of worship and the rhythms of rest. And and when we fail to do these things, our, our life can get stuck in unhealthy patterns. The next commandment, deals with honor. Honor your father and your mother. This theme of honor shows us the value of family, and I think as we unpack it, it's going to show us the value uh, of different generations working together. As we continue in the commandments, we get that famous commandment, you shall not murder. And that gives, that gets us to the, the importance of the value of life. But each of us has been created in God's image, and there's value and dignity in that. As we've already seen, Paul says that means we we are to love others, and we need to understand this in interacting with one another. This is a key step along that path. The next commandment, you shall not commit adultery. And it, it gets to the theme of being faithful, particularly faithful in marriage relationships and honoring the, the role that marriage is to play in society and culture. And understanding that marriage is the appropriate context for sexual expression. The commandments continue. You shall not 
steal. And I think this this warning uh, prohibition against stealing actually includes an underlying theme that, that we are to be givers in life because uh, the command reminds us that really ultimately you're either going to live life as a giver or you're going to live life as a taker. So what, is it, what does it look like to actually invest in others? We get to number nine, you shall not give false testimony against others. And this, this reminds us of the value and the importance of truth. What does it look like for us to be people of integrity in our relationships? And, and what difference can that make? Why is that so important? And then we get to the last commandment, right? You shall not covet. And I think included in that, that warning, that prohibition, is, is the value of contentment and being content. But that raises the question, where does contentment come from? And how can, we, how can we avoid a relentless and unhealthy pursuit of more? So these, these are some of the themes that we are going to see along the way, that ways in which these commandments for us can actually be guidelines and guardrails, that, that they can mark out a path for us to follow and put, put up protection along the way so we don't step into dangerous territory. And I think when you understand this, you begin to see this, this collection of ancient text really does have ongoing application for us. Now, as we get started, there's one other thing I want to highlight for you, and that is this. Uh, along the way, I'm, I'm going to invite you to participate in this series. And here's how I'm going to do that. If you come on a Sunday, we actually have this card set that includes all of the Ten Commandments. And it's got one of the commandments on the front and the back is blank. And, and what, what I'm going to invite you to do, and we're going to, if you come, we're going to give these out, one per family. So this is something you can do as a family. And I encourage you to do this as a family. But each week, you take the, the commandment for that week. And then on the back, after we've talked about it, you kind of rewrite that commandment in your own words. And so that can be that can really be just a, a great time of personal reflection it can also stimulate some interesting conversation for you as a couple or as a family so I encourage you to do that once again if you come on a Sunday we will have these available we're also making this available in electronic form and each week you will find that uh, attached to the weekly bulletin online so you could actually download that and if you want to write them out you could print it out and do that for yourself so I hope you're going to be a, a part of this series as we go week by week through the Ten Commandments. And it's really my prayer, it's my desire for us individually, as couples, as families, as a church community, that along the way we're really going to see the ongoing relevance of these ancient laws, and we're really going to begin to see them, not simply in terms of rule-keeping, but we're going to see them as guidelines and guardrails. So with that in mind, let me close our time in prayer. Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we start this journey, uh, we are coming to this very familiar set of Scripture. And Father, I realize we don't, we don't come to these texts kind of in a vacuum. We've got kind of previous experience or previous thoughts. or uh, Some of those are positive, some of those are negative. But whatever that looks like, wherever we are on that spectrum, I pray we're going to be open to the way these commandments can actually give us insight into that path of following Jesus. 
And Father, I thank you that it's through the work of Christ that the life that is described in these texts is actually now available to us. And I also thank you that the life described is made possible and it's empowered all along the way by your grace and your spirit. So this is never anything we do on our own. So Father, I pray that over the next few weeks, we're just going to be open to learning what this path looks like and the guidance and direction that these ancient texts give. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So thanks for joining us this week. I hope you'll join us next week as we begin with the first commandment. And I hope you're going to be open to the truth that these 10 commandments really are guidelines and guardrails.